Welcome to Global Yardi. This podcast captures conversations on culture and sustainable living and connects people from all over the world. I am Dana Lynn, the Global Yardi and your host. Thanks for tuning in. Global Yardi. 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 Hey Global Family, thanks for tuning in for another episode of Global Yadi. But guess what, this is not gonna say it's a special episode It's a different kind of episode because we're doing a pod takeover Right now, I am with Hi, I'm Eleanor, the Jamaican Lab Rat And I'm Derek, a well-behaved guest No, you're not, you're the co-host And Eleanor and Derek, you're from Two Nerds Start Up Podcast Eleanor and Derek, they're PhD students in molecular biology. And why are we here? Um, I was boasting about them, like two scientist friends. Um, guys, so I think I would have reached out to Eleanor before the other day. This concern about vaccine skepticism and people being scared of the vaccines. And you know what I realized? It's the people who know the least that have the most to say. So, um... I remember there are some series of like deep fakes that were going around sadly through social media and my dad i hope he's not listening to this episode but he was a victim of it and came across this voice note that was so brilliant in breaking down the vaccine and its role but the only thing is that it was inaccurate i felt like it was inaccurate so i shared it with eleanor and you know you remember eleanor like taking the time to kind of break that down and realizing that people who are unsuspecting would kind of you know fall prey to the kind of information that's going around so so i thought that it would be good to have a conversation about vaccines so that people like me and others who um it's not that they'll be susceptible but we don't know we don't have a clue about the science behind the vaccines so you know we can better understand from people like you so you study molecular biology what, what's that really well, I study bacteria. Derek studies humans, and he'll tell the you that. The better one. Right? He'll tell you that. Um, so what we basically, anything to do with DNA um, is falls in our wheelhouse. So I work with bacterial DNA, and I'm looking at finding antibiotics there. Um, and Derek, I work with human prostate DNA, and I'm looking at cancer. So trying to figure out how, what, ha- what happens there. You, right. you trying to find a cure for cancer? Not a cure. A diagnostic. Don't method. say that. You don't know what might yet. happen. I'm not. I'm not working on a cure yet. That comes after. <laughs> so what do you do with the prostate? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So it's a, it's a valid question. It's a valid question. As in, what does the prostate do or what do I do with it? Listen, man. What, what do you, I feel like I just get nervous. Like, listen, I'm always talking to you. I get nervous when I'm talking to science because like, it's like you, you have the knowledge now. But yeah, mm-hmm. you mentioned that you work with humans and prostates. So I was just trying to better understand that relation. Okay. You know, so, so what I do is I'm looking at the way um, our genes, the expression of our genes in our prostate cells I'm looking at to see if we can use that to identify uh, signs of cancer earlier than what we do now, which is just looking at the cells themselves. Boy, Eleanor, the expression of her genes in her prostate cells. Like, so let me tell you, the, the DNA tell your cells what to do. So he's trying to um, catch it at the point where it's the, the DNA is giving the instruction. Right. Before the, the instructions get the started instruction. carrying out. 
happen and the cancel appears. I'm having fun visualizing this. I'm just picturing Derek like, you know, in a corner with a clipboard and he's taking notes before the thing actually happens. I mean, I know it maybe doesn't work like that in reality, but from my understanding, it's kind of cool. It's it's more like Derek hunched over a machine crying because his PCR didn't work. Mm-hmm. But no, that's not the point. <laughs> All right. Um, But yes, um, Derek and Eleanor, I think, you know, this is a very important topic that we would talk about. Like I said before, um, with the pandemic and, you know, what is interesting, I feel like almost everybody, like a lot of people are hypocrites because I don't, you remember when everyone was very concerned when the WHO declared that we're in a pandemic and I knew, I don't know if you guys remember that there was initial conversation about, you know, the need for a vaccine and people saying, oh, the vaccine's not going to be ready until the end of the year, maybe January next year. And no vaccines are ready and people are like, oh, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Was it, is it just me? No, it's not you. That's that's humans. Exactly. So I'm like, but we are. And it's the same ones. Yeah, like how comes the vaccine that we're all waiting on? Um, you know, all of a sudden, you know, no one wants it. So I don't know why are people afraid of the vaccines? Um, so I do want to I want to give a disclaimer before we get into thing into anything. Um, so uh, I am a strong anti anti vaxxer, and that has always been my approach. Um, but I, I was talking to a very, very close friend of mine and yours as well, Dinalyn, recently, who had some concerns about taking the vaccine. And I think that I answered her very with the same energy that I come for anti-vax people, very judgmental, like, why you're not taking the vaccine? But I, I think that that conversation kind of, um, I think I was a bit Helped hasty. To Helped to mellow me out because, you know, at, at the end of the day, it, it the way in terms of the COVID vaccine is always going to be a personal choice. And I think it's very important that people make that choice for themselves. Um, I just think it's important that people get the correct information to be able to make that choice. So even though I preach that you must take the vaccine, uh, that's not what I'm coming here today to do. I'm trying not to, you know, get up on my high horse and preach. I think that what we can really do is try to explain a lot of the science behind it and answer some of the questions. So I just wanted to say that before we start. I on the other hand, I tried to get your butts in those vaccine seats. I'm just kidding. Sorry, no, um, okay. Um, no, but that was a very necessary um, disclaimer um, for real, Eleanor. And I think that's the issue as well, where my problem is that I don't want people who don't know a lot about the vaccines, you know, swaying other people who are likely to take it. So if you are armed with the correct information and you and whatever decision you make following from that, then it's completely up to you. But don't be so strong in your stance about something and you don't know the facts. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're trying to, you know, tell you, get the facts. My, yeah, my dad used to tell me, and I think it's relevant here, that he would rather trust a mechanic who says he doesn't know what he's doing than trust someone who might know what he's doing. Meaning that, like, sometimes people know, like, half of something and then they take that and kind of speak as if they know the whole thing when sometimes a half of what they're missing you know the half that they're missing is really important that you can't get a whole thing so sometimes people kind of understand something and then they speak about it and then they don't really fully grasp everything but and that can spread a lot of misinformation and confusion because when they seem like they're talking about something especially when like the first part of it is correct you're like oh so the second part of it's probably correct but not always the case you know 
Yeah, that's that's so true. So just a little back, um, I guess, information or, or you know, story for well, not backstory, but just a little overview for for listeners. You know, I think there is at least seven different vaccines across three platforms. And I don't think I'm getting this information from the World Health Organization. So seven different vaccines across three platforms that have been rolled out in countries. And of course, vulnerable populations in all countries are the highest priority for the vaccination. And currently, there are more than 200 additional vaccine candidates that are in development. And some of them are in clinical development. And I know that Eleanor and Derek are going to help us to kind of break down and understand these things. And based on you know the work of the world health organization and their partners all hands are on deck to speed up the development of safe and effective vaccines and supporting the building and the manufacturing capabilities and all that good stuff working with the governments and the manufacturers so that people can have access to vaccines but that's the thing the first thing i saw safe and effective you know speeding up the development so that means that we want to have these vaccines available as quickly as possible so why so one of the first things i want you guys to tackle that skepticism skepticism that surrounds it when we're talking about why is it that the vaccines have been created so quickly is it odd for the vaccine to be manufactured within such a short space of time um, you know, I think I think we have to be honest because we did a podcast and I think it was October or November of last year um, talking about the vaccine with the episode. Sorry, um, talking about the vaccines. And we we're saying that, you know, the timeline there's we wouldn't we weren't expecting that we would be here where we are now. We were saying the timeline for yeah, safe true. vaccines would probably be later this year. So in terms of the average time that it would take to develop a vaccine for uh, usually um in this case with COVID-19, that process has been expedited. So I understand the concern that it feels like, you know, it happens a lot faster than other diseases because that is the truth. It has happened um, a lot faster. However, that's, that's not because they rushed the job or they're not doing it properly. That's just because of where the science was at the point in time when COVID-19 hit. And also the fact that, you know, um, COVID-19 was a global pandemic and it's really rare that you have all the scientists and all the researchers around the world working yeah. towards a common goal. You know, we don't really see that even with Zika and other um, things that are being vaccines are being developed for. You don't have that kind of global consensus on everybody putting the effort behind it that you have with COVID-19. Awesome. I'm happy you said that because now I don't feel too bad for trying to explain to, to my mom, um, you know, like we were having a conversation and, you know, obviously it's going to come up. And I was try- I, I was just saying, like, you know, it's like the first time in the, wor- in the world where everybody has the same priority. So just imagine and I was just using a family analogy, you know, where think of a family and you all have your individual priorities. So you're spending your money and your attention, you know. Um, on one thing but what if you decide to build a house and everybody's working on building one house you know mm-hmm. i felt like yeah. you know you're pulling your resources you're pulling your time and energy on building that one house instead of Derek, eleanor and Danalyn building three individual houses mm-hmm. so yeah. so i felt like it was like you know it, so i'm happy that you said the, so it wasn't a rush job it's it wasn't a rush job yeah that's a really good analogy because like eleanor said i mean when you look at some of the other things i mean the one i like to look at was the spanish flu which happened in 1918 and that but that happened during a war you know a lot of the time we get these outbreaks where we don't work together as a planet to try to fix them but this is kind of the first one where it's like yeah we're really pushing together 
And um, I think kind of like we'll probably talk about later on, though, that not only is there a lot of people working on it, but we've advanced to the point where the methods that we're using are just inherently faster than older mm -hmm. methods as well mm -hmm. because they become so much more effective. So if we had to do the same thing years ago before we had some of the techniques we have now, it would have taken longer. But the techniques yeah. that we use help us to accelerate that as well. I think we always have this, you know, we always talk about the science is not there yet and we want to reach there. And I think this was one of the occasions where, you know, the science was there and we could do things that we, we never did before. And, you know, it's now that we're here, it, it kind of seems a little bit scary because, you know, we, we thought that we couldn't do these things. Well, like, oh, so we're, we're, we're out here, humans underestimating ourselves. We ain't doing bad. I mean, listen, I mean we're doing bad with a lot of things. Has, the but science has here, to get there okay. eventually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I might sound reductionist when I say it, but like, I'm like, come on, people. Like, I believe in the science. Like, we, we put people on the moon. Look how many incredible things that we've achieved. And now there is a pandemic that is killing off so many people and basically brought the world to a standstill. And you are skeptical because the, like, globe scientists came together globally to produce something that could really help us get through the pandemic. Oh, people are going to ask you, why haven't we cured cancer or AIDS if we can? I guess I'm, I'm not supposed to play that. devil's advocate. But, um, yeah. Well, I, I think, well, I mean, well, I even remember having a conversation with you before and with the HIV or AIDS thing in terms of the mutation of viruses. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, what's the difference there? So why, why haven't we... Yeah, what's it with COVID? Why we can, like, you know, find a vaccine for it as a virus? How oh, that mutation thing work now? Derek, you want to go? Sure. Okay. <laughs> I mean, okay, viruses are all really different. HIV in particular loves to mutate. I mean, all viruses can mutate, and some mutate more than others, but HIV mutates to such a high degree that it's really hard to, we have an understanding of it, but it's really hard to come up with techniques to combat it because we try one thing and then it mutates and it yeah. no longer is affected by that thing. And HIV in particular, actually, we'll get more into this, I'm sure, but HIV in particular actually integrates into your DNA. So as your cells replicate, it's replicating the virus with your DNA as well. So it just becomes even harder to get rid of HIV also infects the same cells that are trying to get rid of it. Right. So it's so, like it's your immune carbon system. Copy? Okay. Say, say again? It, no, I'm asking. I'm asking. Is it like this kind of, because you said it integrates with your DNA. So is it like it integrates and then it's like it like becomes this annoying carbon copy of itself mm -hmm. a million times yep. over in your body? Yep. 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 And whereas normally, like if, if, if viral DNA or viral... Yeah, viral DNA is in your cells. If it doesn't integrate into your um, DNA, when your cell replicates, it's not going to replicate the viral DNA. But if it's if the viral DNA is actually joined to yours, it's going to replicate it as well. And that's what HIV does. And that's why one of the reasons why it's so difficult to deal with. Eleanor, if I could say that again. Okay, so what happens? With, so in the coronavirus um, enters your body, you have these viral particles, right? So you have your human cells that we all have, and then you have virus particles, which are viral cells. So what happens with uh, coronaviruses and other viruses is that the viral cells enter your body and they, so the viral cells themselves will make copies of themselves, right? Making sense so far? That's mm -hmm. how you get sick. Then the immune system will come, kill them off. Um, that's a shortened version. And we're going to explain that a little bit more. But that's safe to say that once the enough of the viral cells are killed, 
then you're good to go. What happens with HIV is that it integrates into your own human cells. And as a human, as long as you are alive, your cells are always going to replicate because replication is what happens when you grow. Um, it's literally just cells breaking into two, into two, into two, into two, into two. So cell replication is always happening. So if you have a virus that integrates itself into your own human DNA, then every time your own cells do regular things like grow, replicate, uh, you're making copies of the HIV virus. So that's kind of the difference. So it's not a case where we kill the viral particles and that's all that we need to do because once it's a part of your DNA, then you don't need the viral particles anyway. It have its own. It's, it, it's, you're the host now and it will replicate. Oh, so that's HIV, but, but COVID isn't like that. So COVID isn't like that. So that's what that's why we haven't found a, a vaccine for HIV. That and a very, very high mutation rate, as uh, Derek mentioned. Viruses love to mutate. And mutation means it can be very small, so you don't really notice it. Or it can change the shape of the virus. It can sh- change how dangerous it is. Um, or it just, you know, it, it may, it's like a superficial change. So it might change something, but it doesn't really make a difference. So vaccines are Sorry, viruses are always, 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 always mutating. Them love to mutate. And HIV really, really love to mutate. Um, coronavirus is, and we have had coronaviruses before. If you remember the SARS outbreak in 2009, that was a type of coronavirus. Uh, some of the common colds that we get are types of coronaviruses. And these have a much uh, lower mutation rate than the HIV virus. So this is why it's easier to develop uh, a vaccine against uh, coronaviruses than it would be for the HIV type virus. Well, I mean, if you guys were yep. teaching me in science class before, like in high school, <laughs> I definitely maybe would have even gone down this route. Um, you know, just I'm like when you when you you and Derek talk, it's like I'm just visualizing as as I go, and you know I feel like that helps. I'm hoping yes. it's helping people. I so now so everybody's talking about these big companies like there's a Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, and Johnson and Johnson. Like, and I'm guessing as you mentioned before that there are m- many other vaccines that are developed by other countries um, that's out there, uh, but. Uh, what are like the types or the categories of, of vaccines? I mean, I heard something called like a mRNA vaccine and a viral something, another vaccine. I don't know if you guys can help me out here. So, sure. Go ahead, Derek. Oh, me first? Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so I'll, I wanted you to just jump. Okay, I'll, I'll take the I'll old call one. call names next time. So, Derek. <laughs> All right, I'll take the old one, right? This is the one that that a lot of people who, if you hear like a lot of the voice notes and a lot of things who are saying that, because there's people saying that, there's people saying that these vaccines aren't vaccines. Mm-hmm. And that's Gene kind therapy. Of, yeah. And it's kind of like saying that an electric car isn't a car because it doesn't run on gas. Like it's a different type of car, but it's so, but car. I'll talk, it's still a car. I'll talk about the old ones. The old ones used to be attenuated vi- or <laughs> attenuated viral vaccines, right? Mm. So that's just a fancy way of saying what it did was it would take the actual virus that was going around killing people and it would weaken it. It would make it weaker. Mm. So when you in when you put that in somebody's body, you are giving them the virus. This is and it's so funny because people are saying how oh this covid vaccine is the virus so it can give you covid. It's actually the ones that we have aren't and and the old ones were like the old ones could actually give you the disease that they were trying to protect you from because they were just weakened yeah because they were just weakened forms of those viruses 
So those weakened forms, the body would recognize them and it would start to fight it off. And because it was weakened, your body was able to deal with it better and then it would remember it for next time. So when the stronger one came about, it could fight it faster. Wow. I mean, that I, I, I jumped out and, and exclaimed like that exactly because as we we're having this conversation, it took me back to high school and I distinctly remember my 10th grade teacher. She wasn't even a science teacher. It was social studies class. Big up Mrs. Trudy Dyer. She knew so much. And she was actually explaining that vaccines introduces our body, introduce our body to the disease. So that, you know, our, our body can be able to fight it. So now when Derek mentioned that the old versions of vaccines, that's what they did, um, you know, that all came back. So you're saying now that that's not what the COVID-19 vaccine does. Um, so it doesn't it doesn't have the actual virus. No, the COVID, the ones that we have now, the COVID-19, vac- uh, vi- I mean, I think... There, there, there's some that I'm sure are being developed like yeah, that. Yeah, some but of the them ones are, that are, are, are um, attenuated. Right. But the main ones that are out now, the Moderna, the Pfizer, the AstraZeneca, those are all a, a new type of vaccine that don't actually use the virus. I, I can't say they don't use the virus at all, but they are not the virus itself. Oh. You don't have any risk of being in, of catching the disease COVID-19 from getting the COVID-19, those COVID-19 vaccines. Okay. So, so, but, um, all right. So I'm going to come to the MRNA thingy because only because, um, I know that we would have had some voice notes and information, Mm -hmm. you know, declaring that, Oh, this is what it does. And it's actually not what it does. But real quickly though, um, you know, from, we, the increased sensitization with the pandemic, you know, it's crazy. Like you, um, a lot of people, your mental health took a toll just by watching the news, just by, you know, being too absorbed in media. So now when we have cases like the blood clots with as, ac, um, almost Oxford, Oxford. <laughs> <laughs> I'm too excited for this episode. Like I love knowledge. So the blood clots, oh my gosh. With the blood clots with AstraZeneca. Yeah, that's not a Jamaican bad word. So with the <laughs> AZ vets, the blood clots that has been happening with AZ and, you know, the Johnson Johnson, I don't know if it's still on pause, but are these like never like novel issues or are these typical things that may happen? Or And and I know a lot of, there has been a lot of pushback because, you know, some people are saying, yo, this is serious, this is huge. And then some people are saying, guys, this it's not statistically significant and it's you know just a small portion out of like of you know millions of people who've been vaccinated so should we be concerned about these things does it mean that these vaccines should not be used like what's your take on it um you know i think that the recall on the vaccines is proof that the 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 vaccine review process is working right um i'm going to talk about the numbers but i think that we should all kind of take heart in that just because it, it means that somebody is spotting up. If there's a problem, the problem is being spot and they're looking at it. If they need to pause the vaccines, they're going to do that and do the research and make a decision that way. And that's, that's something that we want to happen um, because if there is something serious that comes up, we want there to be a system in place that's going to catch it before something bad happens. That being said, um, blood clots are one of the very rare uh, side effects of vaccines. Um, they affect a very, very low percentage of the population. Um, and I'm not going to discount that low percentage because um, we're going to talk about it later. And a low percentage still means people, right? So 1% of uh, 1 million is still, uh, I can't do maths. I don't yeah, know why I, I did that math. to myself. But math. like 10, 100, whatever. It's still a, a, a decent amount of people. And if you're one of those people, then you are going to be concerned. That being said, 
um, the risk of you getting a blood clot from COVID-19 itself is much, 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 much higher. Wow. Um, if you smoke, your risk of blood clot is much, 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 much higher. If you are on any type of birth control, especially oral, well, not any type, sorry. If you're on any yeah. type of hormonal birth control, um, your risk of blood clots also super high. Well, not super high, but a lot higher than the AstraZeneca vaccine. And I'm just giving all of these examples to say that um, the, the trade-off really isn't, it's, it's not a serious enough issue um, for, you, for... You see this all the, the time. Vaccines. You see this all the time with any any newer thing like this. There's always like, people want there to be something wrong with it. So they, so they say, try see, to... Ha. Right. Yeah. So they try to latch on to whatever... Uh, but realistically, I mean, I, I mean, like they, they, for example, you know, Johnson and Johnson, they halted use of it. And I mean, some states are starting back now because it doesn't seem like it's actually like a thing mm-hmm. um, that there's any significant risk, but they halted use of it to make sure. And I mean, <laughs> like Eleanor said, that's a process at work. Right. And, and that's the reality. And you know what gets me? Because there are so many things that are happening every day. And whether pre-pandemic, during pandemic, that we don't think about, that we should be probably concerned about. And everybody is latching on to the vaccine and the skepticism. And it's very concerning. I don't, I don't think it's... Sh- I mean, I can understand in some regards. But, you know, sometimes I really have to push back because I was having a conversation with somebody and saying, you take vitamins every day. Like, you've never even stopped. Like, you for, for years, you've been going to the pharmacy religiously, um, religiously taking vitamins, and you've never stopped to consider the ingredients mm-hmm. and, and what this does. So somebody like my father, who, you know, he's a strong proponent um, from a long time, you know, being a Rastafarian and, and you know, you know, they subscribe to the, the kind of, um, you know, the type of diet and trusting in natural processes a lot more than the average person, if I may say so. So I can understand with him where it, it wasn't as if like he never liked going to the doctor um, and, you know, eating and ingesting certain things. He was always big on, you know, looking at immunoboosting foods and things like that. So I knew it would be typical for him to kind of resist um, modern medicine. I'm not saying that's the best way to go about it, but I'm just talking, you have other people who just ingest anything. And the other day, I remember somebody sending me to the pharmacy to get some, I don't even remember what I bought, but yes, I was getting some like acidophilus tablets. Yes. But the whole point is that okay. my, my, my friend was encouraging me, oh, make sure that it doesn't possess any bulking agents and, and something <laughs> else and something else. And if she if she never said that to me, it wouldn't even occur to me to pick up the bottle, to pick up the bottle and look at what the ingredients are. And I'm like, listen, Dana, you're bad because I've been going into the supermarket and looking at what is going into my cereal box, but I've never even stopped to consider what's going into, you know, medication and medicine. We get prescriptions all the time. And and I'm making this long point to say a lot of things that we take. I, I know people who have had horrible reactions from from medications. And, you know, we see those... <laughs> We see those advertisements all the time. If like if yeah. you're taking whatever, yeah. you may be at risk for the. <laughs> and, and I'm saying, why you know, it's it's like everybody has a lot of energy for the vaccine, but there are so many things. And another thing I wanted to maybe say, like cut this long um, rant short. Other vaccines that have been administered in the past, haven't they also have side effects on people? Aren't those things still you know being researched now as well? So it's not just COVID that may have risk right no i mean 
it, it happens with every uh, vaccine. I just wanted, sorry, I'm, I was stuck on the acidophilus. I was going to ask you if you know what's in acidophilus. What um, acidophilus actually bacteria. is. Bacteria. There you bacteria. go. It's live bacteria. Live bacteria. Live bacteria. Okay. I have bad stomach, stomach problems. Yes, so it's I, very, I it's have, very good. Yeah, I you was could also just for, eat yogurt though. It's um, not the same. No, uh, thank you. I used to, but then I, I didn't. I think I'm lactose intolerant now, and um, oh. I get like weird breakouts on my skin, and I, I don't like that because I used to feel like I wasn't allergic to anything, but mm. um, that's why I chew. I use the chewy ones. Well, lactose intolerance is also something that um, can develop with age. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. A lot of people actually get aging. lactose intolerant yeah, with age. as you get older. I'm aging because I'm like, <laughs> Sorry, that was a tangent. You were asking about other vaccines and other side yeah. effects. Yeah, like I'm just saying, I was because I was trying to counter, you know, you're having conversations all the time. And I was countering to somebody that, trust me, I'm sure that MMR vaccine or other things that mm-hmm. a lot of, I'm, 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 pretty confident that there has been ongoing research on the effects of um, other vaccines across age groups or, or, you know, you know, people within different countries and so forth. But maybe because we're not actively paying attention, we don't know that because you now all eyes are on Corona. So, you know, and, and I know that the concerns are valid because my aunt was saying, hey, we don't even know what the impacts of the COVID-19 vaccine will be on kids mm-hmm. who are going through puberty, mm-hmm. um, you know, and pregnant, pregnant women. Mm-hmm. You know, all these things. But, you know, what do you say as a scientist to help, you know, help us? Because we're freaking out about all these concerns and questions. So what do you say to us? Um. Okay. You, ever, you ever take Panadol? Panadol has risks too. And if you take, you know, Panadol with alcohol, that's not good. <laughs> all, all, all of the, what I'm trying to say is, you know, a lot of these things have risks and I think Eleanor will probably talk more about it. So I'll let her talk, but the, the risks of the vaccine, no, you know, Eleanor, you go before I get too worked up about it. <laughs> yeah. The truth is that every, every, everything has, so the same way. So we hear all of these um, advertisements and then at least all of the side effects, all of the things that can kill you if it's at a pill. The truth is that everything has side effects and vaccine side effects aren't, um usually life-threatening so you will have blood clots um you'll have maybe bell's palsy which is when um parts of your face is paralyzed for a little while um but as 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 we keep saying you know it, it, the, the part of the process is monitoring these side effects and for any drug panadol the vaccine any other things on tv to get approval they have to have they have to pass a certain level of safety testing and Safety testing, the FDA testing is so rigorous. Like sometimes, personally, I think it's a little too rigorous, but that's a whole other conversation. But the, the process of testing is, is so rigorous that it's it's very it's unlikely. I mean, I'm going to give it like an exact, exact breakdown. Like, why the is process? it rigorous? Is it like... Oh, um, so st- all right, all right, all right. So you have to start from... <laughs> you have to start oh, from, you know, the, you know... So when you're developing a vaccine, so when COVID did most funding, they were like, okay, how are we going to start developing a vaccine? So you always start in the lab. You never start in animals. You never start in humans. The first thing that you do is you take the virus cells and you figure out uh, basically how to kill them. I'll just show you. Is that the preclinical that. stage? That is yes. pre This is sorry. This is what is called in well, vitro studies. So in vitro. in vivo, in vivo means in life. In in vivo. So that's when you actually do something um, on an organism. In vitro means you do it in the lab. So you're like test tube. Right, test tube. Right. Yeah, same test tube. Petri- so you're you're kind of right. Like pre preclinical 
can be in vitro, but it can also be uh, in like animal models right. as well. Okay, okay. So after you move from the in vitro phase, once it once so them say, all right, this is killing the virus, make we test it on some animals. So that's the next step. So they test it on the animals. Is it so when you test on animals, you make sure that whatever is happening in the test tube is now happening in the body, first of all. And you're also starting to look at the safety effects. That's where this is coming in. So are the rats dying? Um, what did they test? Is, is rats that tested COVID on, Derek? I Yeah, they tested right on rats. Well, some they, of the vaccine, I mean, there's so many vaccines that they're yeah. using, a lot of different, but some of them tested on rats. Yes. I'm going to say ferrets, but I'm acting like, I don't even know. I, I, I don't know why I'm doing this. <laughs> so people, it, it's usually mice, monkeys, rabbits. Um, yeah. Zebrafish. Right. So yeah. But um so that's yeah. Some people. Some people. That's a different kind of word though. Well, so you test on the animal. Once it works on the animal, that's when you move to you you start testing on humans, right? Mm. And there's it's three phases of so this is what you, what we call clinical trials. There are three phases mm. of clinical trials. The first phase is just to establish efficacy. So it's just to see does this work in humans? The first phase is not designed to test safety it's just to decide if it works if it works we move to phase two and phase two is where they widen the pool yeah so phase one is like maybe let's say 20 people phase two we're gonna go to 200 people i'm just giving random numbers this is where they start to look at side effects is it safe if we do different doses on different people um is it phase one people could could all die and then Uh, well the the thing is by the time they yeah by the time they get to by the time they even get to phase, because phase one sounds like it's the beginning, but by the time they get to phase one, they've already tested it in animals as well. Yeah, you've had Most you have it, to you know. prove it in vitro and have to prove it in animals okay. in to get to phase. Right, and maybe I mean, if even was even wrong, right, it wouldn't reach the right. human part. right, okay, right. Sorry. And yes. and the thing is that at some point you have to get into humans, like uh-huh. you have to. This this is meant for humans, so at some point a human is going to get it. So there's always, you know, with anything that you're developing for humans, be it a vaccine, be it a contraception, be it a pain relieval, there's always going to be that jump from animal models to human models. There's always going to be that jump that could, anything could happen. And that's why you start small. I'm yeah. wondering if there's an industry for this. Is it unlike where people who they, because I'm sure they get a lot of money to be tested. Yeah, I mean, it depends on what, what kind of organization is doing the testing. You know, sometimes right. they'll ask for volunteers. Um, sometimes you're compensated. So, it, yeah, so, it depends. And it also depends the, on the, the how dangerous the, the disease itself is. Mm-hmm. Well, and it depends on what you're trying to treat as well. Because, yeah. I mean, sometimes, like, even some cancer treatments, well, there'll they'll be cancer patients that didn't respond to all the treatments that want those experimental treatments. Because mm-hmm. oh. they, oh, you know, yes. right. Wow. Right. So I interrupted Eleanor and she was, you know, explaining that phase two is with like, you know, obviously more than phase one, like a 200 people and stuff. Right. And that's where you start to look at at side effects. And then phase three is where you get to like 2000 people. So you're testing more and you're able to develop profiles and look at how it is it affecting young people different from old people. So you widen your pool, you you, you kind of um, what what am I trying to say? Expand your sample size. Right. Um, and you you look at the different effects of different people. Um, this is where, so I remember, I think at the time that we did the last episode, I think it was a Johnson and Johnson. Um, it had failed one of the, not failed, something was happening in one of the clinical trials and they moved, I think something was happening in phase three. So they moved it back to phase two, addressed those problems and then retested. Um, right. Again, that's an example of the process working. So the, the Johnson and Johnson did not come to market until they said, hey, we have a problem. We fix the problem, we come back, it works, now we go to market. 
I'm going to ask a very weird, well, thanks for that, you know, um, you know, love um, the breakdown so we can better understand that these things, you know, with the transparency and the clarity um, in understanding the process, very important so that we can be less skeptic about why and how these things happen. But um, I don't know, I hate being, <laughs> I'm laughing that it isn't even out yet, but I heard a conversation like somebody was like, listen, I'm not taking the vaccine because, you know, like the ingredients, I don't trust it and I'm not, you know, having anybody inject me with anything that was made from a dead monkey so i Ooh. was like what um what? oh that hurts um i don't even where so it made me kind of think i mean obviously i don't want you don't have to probably give me the scientific names and stuff but like typically what 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 are what, what makes up vaccines what are the main ingredients um, so usually in a vaccine, well, it, it's, we're going to have to talk about, we're going to have to circle back to the mRNA thing, but, yeah. um, cause I think we, we haven't really fully explained okay, yeah, you want to what these... the mRNA thing. Yeah. I think that's a good idea. Okay. Sure. I'll, I'll, I'll start. And then, and also, can we, all, I, there's one thing I just want to point out all the voice notes that I hear the, the people talking about, they keep saying mRNA, 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 AstraZeneca is not an mRNA virus. I mean, an mRNA I vaccine. Gonna, I, was, I was gonna, I was literally gonna start there. I, so I couldn't. The only yeah, two oh, mRNA, mRNA vaccines that are out right now are Moderna and Pfizer, right? Mm. So I got the Astra, AstraZeneca shot a couple weeks ago. I did yeah. not get an mRNA vaccine. Me I too. One. So what kind of vaccine is it? It's a, so it's like an attenuated virus, mm. but it's it's more inactivated. Is the easiest way to say. Oh, it. Well, it, yeah. yeah, it's kind of viral it's vector. Also, but it's a yeah, different exactly. viral vector is the thing. Right. So it's not the, the, the bad, bad COVID. Yeah. I feel like let's talk about mRNA first. That one's a little yeah. bit simpler. And yeah. then we'll get to like what we actually have, you which is MRNA not. mRNA is simpler. Wow. It's, right. it's simpler. So, it's a I, it's one less a step. A little, sure. I, yeah, I'm going to let you, but just because Derek had mentioned that all the vaccines, were, all the voice notes were talking about, and we're talking, and this is global, Yadiv, so we're we're contextualizing this in like in the Jamaican society where I think with some voice notes circulating mm-hmm, with the yeah. M- Oh, yeah, sorry, M- yeah. Um, vaccines. And you know what I felt in, in, when I was listening? I'm like, I feel like this person heard somebody who was an actual scientist and it was some sort of Chinese telephone mm-hmm. So, yep. because obviously, if you mm-hmm. have the knowledge and if you have the scientific knowledge, you're not going to meet the kind of false claims and, and inaccuracies that were there. So I just felt like, okay, somebody was paying attention and they really were interested in this material and they turned around to share it, but then it just came out differently. That's yeah. What, that's that, yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> okay, Derek. <laughs> no, I think okay. it was Eleanor. Right. Was, oh, yeah. All right. So mRNA. So what? What is mRNA? So so let's let's backtrack. So DNA. We talked about DNA. DNA is basically the blueprint of your body. So everything that your body does when you breathe, when you digestion, how you look. Um, people say how your personality say all of that is because of the instructions that are written in your DNA. So your DNA is instruction box. It's the blueprint. It's the layout of everything. Your RNA, so DNA stands for deoxyribonucleic acid. RNA is ribonucleic acid. So it's, it's DNA. So sexy. Sorry, it's little, that's always <laughs> It's DNA's little cousin, right? So DNA is the big, the big shot. RNA um, is the is the the cousin. So DNA, I don't know if you've ever seen how DNA looks. Um, the double helix. The, the two that strand them we wrap up wrap up it's like a yeah man the ladder looking something right so you have, so you have two strands that wrap around each other it's rna rna is usually one one strand so one of them strand there right 
And you have different types of RNA. So you have tRNA, you have mRNA. And mRNA is what we're talking about. mRNA stands for messenger ribonucleic acid. Mm. So the mRNA, what the mRNA do, the mRNA's purpose in life is to be the deliverer of the instructions. Oh. That's what it is. The so beer. it's just a messenger, literally just a bearer. So in a write the instructions, it don't edit the instructions, it don't have any input on the instructions, it just carry the instruction them where it needs to go, and then it disappears. It's literally like if a I was like an a, mRNA and you'd be like Derek would be like Danielin, give this to Eleanor. Mm-hmm. Yep, exactly. Oh. And then you give it to me and then you die. The dying is very important. <laughs> <laughs> then you disappear. So. Oh, because I fulfill my purpose in life. You fulfill your purpose. You're done. You're done. Go away. Dead. Die. Dissolve. Okay. 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 Um, and that's important because people keep saying that the mRNA go integrates itself in your DNA and go all over your body, and that don't happen. It's it's like a I saw an analogy. It's like a Snapchat message. So, yeah. After yeah. you read it, it disappeared. Gone. Disappear. Wow. Yeah. Right. No, I'm sorry. I'm. Why am I this excited over knowledge? People Nothing are... wrong. So what mRNA vaccines do? So as I said. Uh, we, we have the whole idea of the instructions and everything, right? So what they do is that they write some instructions telling your body to make the spike protein of the COVID virus. So COVID is a, it's a virus and it, on the outside it has a jacket. I don't know if you've ever seen the pictures of COVID with the spiky things on the outside. Yeah, that little, it's like a little, you mind, like mind sweeper button. Right, like a like little mind sweeper button. So the, the spiky part is called the spike protein. So just think of it as a jacket that the, the virus wears. So all of the bad mm-hmm. stuff is in the inside. The spike protein is what allows it to attach to your cells um, and get in. So what the mRNA, what the, the scientists do is that they write these instructions telling your body, hey, make this jacket, not make the COVID virus, not make anything else, just make the jacket. Just make the jacket and make the jacket float around in the body. So the MRA comes, delivers the instructions, dies. Dies. Yeah. Um, And it it delivers the instruction. It doesn't go to your DNA. So what usually happens is that, as I said, the DNA, the instructions come from the DNA, which is like the CEO of the company, to the bearer. And then it goes to the cells in your body, which make or carry out the instruction, the workman them, right? Right. What the virus does, it, it, it's skipping the head office. So we're not going to, we're not talking to the CEO. They, it just come in, talk to the bearer, bearer deliver the instructions. So at no point is the mRNA interacting with your DNA. All that is happening is that the, the workman them in the body, I get some instructions for say, oh, make we make this jacket. Them don't know where it come from. They've just mm-hmm. see the instructions They're and that's how them follow that, that, that them that they do. So right. your body makes these jackets, these spike proteins that start to go around your body. Your body, your body, your body don't realize that it's just a jacket. Your body think that, oh my God, this is COVID. I have COVID. I have a virus. So I'm now going to respond to the virus as if I had COVID-19. So that's wow. when you start to get an immune response. Um, I'm going to turn over to Derek because immunity, every time I start talking about immunity, I get myself very confused. Um, so I'm going to ask Derek to explain what happens when, you know, the jacket, when the body see the jacket in the body. Oh boy. Okay, great. This wasn't my favorite part either, but yep. essentially here's what happens. So those spike proteins that Eleanor was talking about, right? Those are what's, it's the same, the spike proteins that your cells are making are the same as, like like she mentioned before, the picture of the coronavirus that you see, it's those same spike proteins. So when your body recognizes it now, so your body has white blood cells 
And those are what are actually. I think the didn't the voice there was a voice note that we heard, and they described the white blood cells as like uh, the police force of your body, which is a sh- I think I heard it. Yeah. If right, you watch I'm, Osmosis Jones, Osmosis oh Jones is my white blood cell. Right. Yes. Osmosis Jones. White blood cell. Where, where they, they're like the man was sick, but then inside the cartoon version and it shows it. Yes. Yes. Oh my yeah. God. I was trying to remember. Yes. And Osmosis Jones, he was a white blood cell and he, that's, that's literally their job. They fight the stuff that gets you sick. Right. So what happens though, is that when you get sick with something new, right, your body's never seen it before. So it doesn't know, like your body has like general defense, white blood cells. And they're like pretty good at getting rid of most things. But then your body has like specialized cells and those are very, very good at getting rid of one thing. And each one thing needs a different type of specialized white blood cell. So what happens now when you get something new, your body says, hey, this is something new. Let's make those specialized white blood cells to protect us from it. So that's what happens here. When it sees the spike proteins, it says, hey, these are new. We're going to make a bunch of these white blood cells to fight it off because they're going to be really good at fighting it off. They're, they're designed to fight off this specific thing. But in addition to that, your body says, hey, let's remember this for mm-hmm. the future so that when we see it again, instead of having to learn what it is again, we can just straight away say, we know this. We know what to make to combat it. And those are that's how your white blood cells work. There's a, there's a bunch of like specific names for them, oh, like B God. cells and T yeah, cells and helper T cells and killer T cells. Right, but the, I, that's the general idea is that by <laughs> seeing the protein and making a like, especially because um, when you make significant amounts of it, your body like significant amounts of the spike protein, your body's gonna have a strong reaction to it, and the stronger the reaction it has, is the more likely it is to remember for much much longer. So that's why you only get something like chicken pox once, because when you get the chicken pox, your white blood cells would have made the specialized um, cells to fight off the chicken pox. So if one year later you're exposed to chicken pox again, you already have the soldier them line up to fight the chicken pox. So same principle. Well, like, listen, and again, that's guys, how the chicken pox like vaccine works. I my career and, and like do science, but no, but it's no. just like, <laughs> like, it's like a world that has opened that. up and... Um, I'm in love with my body. Like, thank you, body. You know, yes, for me, yes, so it's amazing, honestly. Oh my gosh! Like, Although the the same symptoms, like the fever and stuff, that end up killing you, that's your body doing that too, right? To so trying to kill the best. Thank you, Derek. I just, you know, no, but I, just, I think you're that, I think that's very important to explain because you know people think that the fever is is the COVID cause of fever. It's actually your body's response to mm-hmm. COVID that causes the fever. So your body realize usually heat will kill like bacteria and things. So your body realizes, oh, there's something foreign here. Let me heat up and, and, and try to kill it. So right, fever. because your body knows that most foreign things can't survive at 39 degrees Celsius. Now, you can't either, but that's not your body's problem. <laughs> you need to deal with that yourself. Yeah, your body's like, we'll kill anything. <laughs> okay. All right, that's so, like, it's like a robot that has been trained, but then it yeah. doesn't have yeah. like the, the discernment right. is, is kind of off. This is amazing, amazing. Like, listeners, are you enjoying this? Um, you know, I'm just inside to nerd start a podcast. Write us right now if you're enjoying this. We'll see it in the past while we record this. <laughs> 
Yes, I'm Tweet at Jamaican Lab Rat and tell her. <laughs> Definitely. So one of the things I wanted to also ask as we wind down, um, because I, I feel like when you're discussing science, it's um it's like this vortex and you just keep falling. It's like a bottomless, like an endless, you know, pit when it comes to the discussion where it can go um but the clinical trials because you know again i have to arm myself with things that people are saying so we can have a better understanding um people are saying okay not a lot of black people were tested in mm-hmm. this thing so why should i take it because mm-hmm. you know some of the the demographic information it's it's like you know it's it's low when it comes to statistical representation of certain ethnic groups mm-hmm. and just yeah. I did a little scan. Um, for example, I think with Pfizer, um, in I don't know if it's like if, if this makes up the totality of the research that has been done, but you know, they showed um like um a, a shot of the, the demographic makeup of the, the clinical trials and like eighty percent white women, um mm-hmm. nine point eight eighty one point nine percent white women, nine point eight percent African American, four point four percent Asian, less than three percent of other races and ethnicities, less than one percent. Native Hawaiian or Pacific Islander and mm-hmm. less than one percent American Indian or Alaska Native. Obviously, I'm changing up my voice because it's like so much information. But <laughs> the fact is, over eighty percent white people. Should people be concerned about that? Um, I think there's a lot of things that plays into it. Yes, people should be concerned, not just for COVID nineteen, but across the board because yeah. there's an underrepresentation of minorities across the board, and that affects medicine in every way. Because people are, and I even saw some a thread on it up to today that we're, tre- you know, in we're treating people based on the data that is available. So if you only have data available for white people, you're treating everybody you're with right. the same assumptions. So that that is a problem across the board. Um, the way to solve that problem, however, is that. Uh, well, one, of course, is going to be, ba- you know, based on where the study is done, what the actual ethnic my, uh, makeup of the wherever Pfizer did their studies is and the people that are available. But it also means that minority groups have to be open to take part in the trials. Um, yeah. And there is a lot of mistrust there. Some of it valid because a lot of it comes from slavery. We think about um, Tuskegee. That was a, yeah. you know, about Tuskegee. So, syphilis. Well, right, they gave a lot of black men syphilis who would also give their families and, and you know, yeah. up to now there has been no no uh, recompense. So, you know, there is a, a, a there is a mistrust there and it's valid. Um, and I think it's more about how do we overcome that mistrust. So it, it kind of has to go both ways. So the black people have to want to take part in the trial so that we can actually get the data there. But they also have to feel safe enough to, to be a part of it. Um, so in terms of it being con- a concern to... Uh, in this us? specific instance, yeah, I don't think that. I think it would be great if we could get more data. Um, absolutely, um, and we should always monitor it. But I don't think that in this particular case, it's all that big of an issue. Yeah, because um, uh, fundamentally, um, while there are differences in the expressions and how some diseases uh, manifest and the severity of some diseases across different ethnicities. Our general bodily functioning is the same because we're mm-hmm. all humans. So, the, and again, the, the, the main draw behind these vaccines, and I do think we should still talk about uh, the fact that um, the AstraZeneca that we have here in Jamaica is a DNA vaccine. We'll mention that a little later. But the idea behind these vaccines is that you are not getting infected with the COVID-19 virus, right? You are getting... So, it, it's to help make the vaccines even safer. And the immune response that the vaccines are causing 
between ethnicities is going to be fundamentally the mm-hmm. same because we're all the same species. Yeah, you see, you saw, so you see a lot more of the differences when it comes to things like non-communicable diseases, so like hypertension and diabetes. That's where you see a lot more right. of the, or cancer or cancer, right? That's where you see a lot more of the disparities in um, ethnicities. But for something infectious like COVID nineteen, where it's about your immune system just you know making the jacket them and, and yeah. um, responding, that's usually pretty similar across the board, whatever yeah. ethnicity you are. And if if there is a difference, it's normally significant like you might see like a significant pop uh, uh, parts of the population maybe more resistant to a illness potentially because their ancestors experienced a similar illness in the past so sometimes that can happen but it's usually much more of a significant like there's an obvious trend there like it's not that hard yeah we'd have seen it already which we don't see and yeah, and with the vaccine, the immune response is going to be basically the same because we're all, at the end of the day, human beings. We're going to respond very similarly. Individuals might have like an allergic reaction or something like that, but I mean, you can be allergic to any, anything, really. It's just what everybody decides to hate. <laughs> right. So um, that was, I mean... I should be taking notes from this conversation. Um, I mean, the, the only thing, yeah. well, the only thing, and just to add on to something Eleanor said before, well, kind of add on, but when she said, and she's correct, the mRNA doesn't go into what's the, what's called the nucleus of the cell, where your DNA is. That's 100% true. The AstraZeneca does though. It goes into where the DNA is. Yeah, but it doesn't go into your DNA. But it doesn't but go continue, into your yeah, DNA. Yeah, it's, it's right. valid. That, that's the thing. So that's, and I think that's where a lot of people are getting afraid because I think that some people are hearing that it's going in and messing with your DNA or whatever. It doesn't. What happens is just like how our DNA makes RNA, the yeah. AstraZeneca introduces DNA that codes for, that gives the instructions for the same spike protein and that goes into our nucleus. And the reason why it does that is all it does is it then uses our own body's mechanism to make the RNA. So it's, it like, do- so it, it's like it, instead of the instructions bypassing the head office, um, their body is going it, to the head office and they're agreeing that, okay, this is the instructions that we need to send out. Right, And then the exactly. head office will send it out. And the, and the main reason, like the main benefit to that is that RNA and this is speaking from somebody who my own project involves heavily, like heavily involves RNA and it makes me want to cry. RNA is a wimp. It's it so is, easy to die. It is the weakest thing in your body. The fact that it dies after it does its job, like I'm surprised it can do its job. If you Even look at it wrong, it dies. If you look, if, if you think about and RNA too hard, very it dies. Weak. Yeah. If you think about RNA too hard, it's going to die. But DNA is tough. So that's why AstraZeneca is so much cheaper and so much easier to transfer because the fact that it's DNA based makes it a lot hardier than the others. Yeah, but it does is not expensive. Yeah, but why is but it very weaker thing expensive? I don't get it. Why the what is expensive? Why is the weaker one expensive? Cause it harder for it for keep stable. Yeah, it's harder to transport it because it needs to yeah. stay really cold, oh. like really cold. Okay. And transferring something that needs to stay really cold is hard. Okay. Yeah. Oh, cool. But 
importantly, even though it does go in the, the AstraZeneca does go in the nucleus, it doesn't touch your DNA, which is why yeah. it is not gene therapy. Yeah. What's gene therapy? I don't know if I'd want to go down that route, but just to understand, I don't. Mm. <laughs> so gene therapy is literally. So it's it's if if we're doing that on altering your DNA, that's gene therapy. Right. So anything that alters your anything that alters the DNA of an organism that it goes into is no, I don't want to say yeah. that. Anything that does that with a therapeutic purpose. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Therapy. For a good thing. For a good way. For good purpose. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh. Like what HIV is doing. So HIV is like antigen. Antigen. Mega gene therapy. It's bad. It's go. gene therapy, but bad. Okay. Oh, so, and, and definitely COVID-19 isn't. I mean. No. Based no. on everything that you just said. No, no. I, I maybe shouldn't have said that in a questioning tone. You know, I should have said that in a more definitive way. COVID-19 is not, nor are the vaccines. So I'm really hoping that people take the time to listen to this so they can understand. Get the facts, then get the vax if you want to. (laughs) Get the vax. (laughs) I like that. <laughs> Derek, Derek is like, no, not, not recanting on that. No, interestingly, and I know I'm gonna start. Obviously, I want I'm gonna start with Eleanor on this one as we wind down. Feel like this is gonna be the last thing I want to explore because you know we've been into the science of um, we've been into the science of the vaccines and all that, the implications from that. And I mean, there's so much more that can be uncovered, but we're not here to talk about the political economy and you mm. know all those other things. Um, it's a never-ending discussion. But I had kind of got excited about the episode and put it out on Global Yadi that we may be talking about it. And, you know, somebody had said that it might be interesting to dive into vaccines on a whole and the environmental impact from rapid mass production, vaccine wastage. Oh, wow. Disposal of spoiled, spoiled vaccines and needles. Mm. and then we'll tie it back to COVID. I feel right. like I want to understand the process of developing a vaccine a little more. I think we had touched into the last, um, the, that thing about developing the vaccine. I thought we um, we explored that earlier. So yeah, going back, you know, vaccine wastage. Well, let me start from now. Take it, climate change, girl. As a scientist <laughs> and as a climate change uh, advocate, it's a very tough position to be in because science is a very environmentally unfriendly space. Just because you, everything that we use is single use. So you, you're throwing away gloves every time you use it. You're throwing sterile. A, everything has to be sterile. So And most of the things are pla- we use are plastic. So you, you use it, and then you throw it away. So I know that uh, even just to think about my lab, <laughs> Derek's lab, in terms of... We don't talk about my lab. The amount of waste that we're producing. And COVID-19 itself, just with the masks, not even touching the vaccines, the mask and people wearing gloves and the shields and all of that, that is going to... We're definitely going to see the impact of that on the environment. Um, I know we're already bottles. seeing it. Hand sanitizer bottles, all of them somewhere. So let me just say that from the beginning. That I, I would love to find a solution to make sense. There's a lot of styrofoam in science, though. Because everything, to keep things cold, we use a lot of styrofoam. And we know how bad styrofoam is. So I would love to see science clean up. Um, in, I don't know how. That's not my yeah, fight. I'm fight, definitely, but. I mean... Outside of that, before you even have anything else away, I know that, you know, as an advocate myself, I don't even think I want to pressure anything into reuse because when it comes to, as you mentioned before, when it comes to um, medical and health things, um, it's very different when you think about these kind of contaminants. It's a whole different ballgame from just saying, hey, like last week, I was very happy to purchase um, some makeup, um, reusable makeup cloths instead of wipes. It's not the same. Okay. It's not the same when it comes to, you know, these yeah. kinds of things. So. Yeah. 
Um, and even like with because for a tube to be contaminated, li- literally all it has to do is open. So if you open yeah. a tube accidentally and some air gets in there, you have to dash it away. Can I use it? So it's 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 very. And if you drop it, forget it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that being said, though, it's, so vaccine specifically, because you spoke about vaccine wastage and yeah. seeing vaccines go to waste is very. Um, it's very stressful to me. I don't know if it's because I, I go to a low budget university and everything is very expensive and I know how expensive reagents are. Um, but the things that go into vaccines, so we're talking about using DNA um, and there, there are certain reagents that we usually use with any kind of DNA work. What are reagents? Okay, so reagents are the raw materials that make anything. So like the, the ingredients, the, the, ingredients the ingredients that make the cake. Right. So oh, yeah. same way you have a list of ingredients no for cook. No dead monkey. No dead monkey not in there. Uh, usually in DNA research, you have enzymes that cut up the DNA. Um, and then you will have some kind of protection. Um, so for mRNA vaccines, I know it's a, a lipid uh, protection, which is basically a drop of oil. So it's you, you do all of the, the stuff in the lab and then you package it into a tiny drop of oil. Basically. So everything is manufactured in the lab, like there's no extraction like from plants or um, animal fat Mm-mm. or... Oh, okay. Mm-mm. Um, okay. So, with mRNA vaccines or DNA vaccines, all of that would be done in the lab. So they do all the sequencing stuff. That make, so they're basically write the instructions in biological form, package it, um, and that that's pretty much it. I think the most out there... In a skeptical way, like when you say all this... DNA sequencing thing, like what makes it? What makes the DNA? Like chemical things? Um, naturally occurring chemicals. DNA is deoxyribose uh, nucleic acid. So it's a sugar, it's a type of ribose, it's a type of sugar. So you have glucose, you have sucrose, you have fructose. Ribose is just a a type of sugar. Yeah. Um, and then the it has proteins attached to it. I think that's the I easiest way. I guess I was way. just trying to understand in, in like my five-year-old mind, like what's a starting point because I felt like, you know, this has to be extracted from somewhere. So we're Well, you are, you as a human being, you're made up of carbon oh. and proteins. That's what yeah. you are. So well, it's I think, other humans and make the DNA. I'm just no, I think what she's asking is <laughs> no, where the, where the, where the where DNA, come from? Where, where the DNA that's being used in the virus, in the yeah. vaccine is coming from. Yes. So answer that, Eric. <laughs> well, that would be they would they they take the viral DNA itself, so they take it out of the virus. But what they do is they cut out the parts of the DNA that they need, the part that codes for the spike protein, because the, the DNA copy. is like right. Then they make then they make a bunch of copies. So the the materials that make up DNA are uh, what are called DNTPs, and the the N in it can get exchanged for one of four letters, and that's just four different molecules. And you combine those molecules in different ways, and then you'll get a different reading of that DNA. Oh my god, I'm just pretending like I understand. Yeah, that was a whole lot. It's it's hard, yeah, because it's really hard to explain. I mean, you're asking me to explain the building blocks of life, life. literally. (laughs) Yes, tell us. Okay. (laughs) All right, no, no, I'm just no, I I won't. No. um, But the let's so he's he's he's, what he's saying is that there are four. You can have DNA. We have four letters: A, T, G, C, um, and it makes up a code. And the, the combinate how the letters are arranged yes. is what the body will translate into the code, and then the code right. will tell your body what to do, how to work, how to walk, what you look like, how to digest your food, etc. And we as humans, oh, wow. well, we can in a lab make the individual letters of right. the DNA. We can make them 
like oh, okay. we can make batches so buy, of them so we you can buy have a, a tube you buy a tube we have all of the letter them mix up so you have a tube of atgc whatever and you throw right. it in there and then you have a machine that looks at so you have a machine that looks like a photocopy it looks at the original and it says okay i'm going to make copies and to make copies right. i'm just going to pull the a's and the t's and the g's I'm from this tube now because y'all came home like <laughs> I, I felt like that's what i needed to hear you okay know, to understand good. like I, and i can sleep tonight because now i'm gonna just like close my eyes and picture me as a scientist like one of you and mm-hmm. they're like you know doing yep. the coding thing in the lab and stuff um crying that's the that's a that's a universal step is the tears. Whoa, whoa, whoa! But well, this is amazing. I feel like again when I listen to this, it's like our bodies are smarter than us. Like, thank you. I feel like everyone should just say thank you, bodies, to their individual body. Thank you, body. Yeah, Derek. Uh, what? Thank you, body. Oh, thank you, body. Yeah, um, it's this is amazing. But um, thank Even you. Even though so you try much, to uh, for allowing me into your space because I feel like this was like definitely. Um, I wanted, I know I can't say three nerds because I'm not. So You're a nerd. Being, <laughs> nerd. You know, I, want to, I, want, I do want to add something though before we close yeah. out. Um, and it's just, um, I think we can like take it home with this because we started at skepticism and we started at, you know, everything is an like individual choice. Um, but vaccination is not about you. It's not just yeah. a individual protection it's actually more about protecting the people around you and it is about protecting yourself um because there are first of all there are certain people that can never get the vaccine if you're immunocompromised in certain ways if you have certain types of cancer if you have certain autoimmune diseases you can't go get the vaccine or even if you get it it's not gonna work Uh, if your immune system not work there is no soldier in the body to make the jacket them right i'm sorry to fight the jacket them because you still get them made um so it is the responsibility of people or the people who can get vaccinated to get vaccinated. And that's where you get this thing called herd immunity. So we've been hearing this stupid herd immunity word for the past year from people who ha- clearly have no idea what herd immunity means. Herd immunity is actually achieved through a vaccine. And what happens is that you have so many vaccinated people moving around that they the the transmission of the virus is so low that people who cannot get the vaccine are very unlikely to be infected and die whoa wow wow Wow. so you are it's it's yes you are protecting yourself in that so by summer you can go outside and live your life but you're also protecting the people around it and that's why vaccination has to be a collective effort and it's so important that's why you know we really want to beat people with a big stick and tell them to go vaccinate go vaccinate themselves because that's where we need to be there's um, the eleanor i know but i'm not doing that today <laughs> we're trying to get the people we're not using the big stick we're trying to use a carrot so i should put back the big there. stick put by the, the big stick but you know while you are thinking about yourself and your uh own reservations you can think about the people um and there might be people that you know who can't get vaccinated or who are skeptical about getting vaccinated um yeah, it's it's not just about us. I kind of wanted to to say that before I forgot. Yeah. And something I've noticed from talking here is that when I think about you know the misinformation that's kind of out there, I don't I don't want to drive this on long, but when I think about it, I kind of get it. Like I get why there's it's it's hard. There's a lot to explain yeah. Yeah. behind yeah. this. Yeah, and to to explain everything, it's so much easier to give half informations and false <laughs> informations to make it seem bad. Than it is to you know fully explain to somebody you know why those things aren't accurate. Uh, so people do your research. 
there's there's you know, sites that, out there it's, it's even hard to tell people easy. to do your research because yeah. that's true too the problem of you know this internet yeah. age where everything look real and not that's everybody true too. has the background and the knowledge to be able to differentiate yeah. what is real verify your voice i heard i heard, I heard, I, heard a, I heard a voice note um Derek sent me a voice note last week and the man was telling people to go and look at americanvagabond.com and what? i'm just, just like that site i would not right yeah, like, yeah. that not so like that not so legit yeah so um right. yeah absolutely but i think we as scientists we really do need to do a better job of explaining um, yeah. well, um, I think you both did an excellent job and I think um, this message needs to reach far and wide so I'm just hoping anyone that's listening right now just share this with a friend Two Nerds start a podcast you can follow them on Twitter at Two Nerds Pod um, check out they're on Two Nerds Pod.buzzsprout.com find them on Apple Stitcher Spotify everywhere Google everywhere and of everywhere. course Global Yadi. Yes. Also follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, and everywhere where you listen to your podcast because this message, as we said, we are trying to debunk, you know, the deep fakes and you know, get out of here with the, that information and just, you know, come through with the science and the science that allows us to really appreciate our bodies. Eleanor and Derek, it was a pleasure running up and down. This here. was so fun. Yeah, I enjoyed this. This is great. Thanks for having us. Uh, I feel like thanks for having me. You know, (laughs) it's a pod to pod. It was awesome. It's pod. Yeah. Two of us did very well, I think. Which two? Three of us, Derek. I don't know.